I guarantee you if we began to talk and weigh the good versus the bad, that we would have more good than bad. Would we not? Come on, the Lord is good today. And He's greatly to be praised because of that. God is good to us. Amen. Just that we're able to literally sit in the house this morning to fellowship with one another and to worship and to praise Him in freedom is a blessing. Amen. I think we need to count our blessings instead of our sorrows. Come on, I got one amen on that this morning. Come on, who ain't blessed in the house today? Come on, I ain't preached in a few weeks. I'm ready to go, amen? (laughs) Who ain't blessed today? We're blessed. We're a chosen people. We've been bought. We've been redeemed with a price. We're blessed today. We are king's children. We are children of the Most High. Come on, church, he could have took it all. We know what he chose. He said, I choose Israel. They are the apple of my eye. They are my portion. Come on, we may not be national Israel today. We're spiritual Israel. We are king's children today. Hallelujah. Come on, praising today. Mm. Before I get too fired up, let's welcome Sister Sharon this morning. It sounds like he's ready to preach. I just wanted to tell you uh, just something that happened to me last night that will take in the whole year. As all of us have talked about, 2016 has, has been a difficult year. But at midnight when I heard all the fireworks going off and I was lying in my bed, I began to cry out to God. And I said, God, I'm desperate. I want to hear from you. What do you have to say to me? I need you. I I need you, Lord. And the most amazing thing, he had me to get up. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to it. It's Proverbs 3. I want you to turn to it if you can, or maybe Quentin can get it for us. Verse 5 and 6. This is what he spoke to me. But what he spoke to me was so powerful. And I trust that it will speak to your heart as well. It says here, uh, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Since a child, you have loved me. Since a child, you have walked with me. But you lack one thing. And when I got here to church this morning, I'd asked Sister Martha to try to find something to cover our bulletin with that would reflect the new year, new hope, new joy, new peace, uh, new souls to be one to the kingdom. And she had on here what the Lord spoke to me last night. He said to me, you have loved me from a child, which was true, but you lack one thing, which is so important. He said, you trust your sons, and you trust them because you've seen them in difficulty. They have, they've stood firm. I want you to Trust me. You don't 
trust me. You trust them, but you don't trust me. And I thought, oh, Jesus, help me. Let me learn. See, if I really trust him, if I really trust him, then I know that everything is going to be all right. If I trust my sons, they say, Mom, thus and so, and I trust them because I've seen them under pressure. And they're, they're humans, and they can fail. But I have not trusted him to direct my path, to lead me where he wants me to be. So today, church, let's trust the Lord with all the heart. Let's know that he is working things out even as we speak, that he knows the way that we should go. And if we trust him, trust him in all the messes and all the goodness and all the hurts, then it'll be okay. So that's my word to you that for, to begin 2017. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Trust him. Trust him. Trust him. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. In the midst of all of the stuff, let's trust him. Hallelujah. Y'all know God works in simplicity. Okay, none of you knew that. God works in simplicity. Did you know that? You say, well, that's just a simple word. I know all that. Yeah, God knows you know all that, but he works in simplicity. See, we don't need a thesis this morning. We don't need some big research paper, do we, in the Word. You know what we need? We need a simple word. We need the hand of the surgeon to cut right through and cut off those hardened layers of our heart and touch that deep and special place, a place of need within us. You see, that's what the hands of the master does. You see, we can touch we can touch what the potter has made and we can try and fix it and we can try and mold it and shape it. But when the potter touches the clay, he sees every little detail. He knows every little thing that needs to be shaped, that needs to be turned, that needs to be molded, that needs to be changed, that needs to be more rounded, that needs to be more straight, that needs to be more specific. The potter is able to see because he is the creator of the clay. That's us today, is it not? Don't we desire a touch from the master's hand? You know, Sister Sharon, what you were saying, you're spot on. When we talk about trust, did you know, church, that when we really trust, we don't hold on. We let go. Did you know that this morning? When we really trust, we let go instead of holding on because we trust that God is in control. He's going to lead He's going to guide. He's going to work out. He's going to lift up. He's going to put down. He's going to have a shield of protection around us. 
Is that not what we do with our children? We watch over them. We guide them. We teach them. We hold on to them to prevent them from running out into the roadway. But there comes a point in their maturity, in their walk, in that relationship, in their behavior, that we can see it and we can know it and we can feel it, that we let go of them and let them make their own decisions. Y'all with me today? If we really trust in the Lord, we're going to let go. And say, Lord, I had a map, but now I'm throwing it out. I had a plan, but now I'm burning it. I had a thought, but now I realize that it's nothing at all because your ways are higher than my ways and your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. And Lord, I want to be led. I want to be guided because I'm tired of holding on to this. I'm tired of treading this water. I'm tired of running this race. I'm sick and I'm tired of it. I've gotten nowhere up to this point. So Lord God, at this point, this day, this moment, this hour, I am choosing to let go. And I can let go because I trust you. Not me. But I trust you, Lord God. I feel that today. Come on, you can hear a, a pin drop in this place today. It's the reverence of the Lord, is it not? Hallelujah, I love it. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord, we reverence you, Lord God. Lord, we reverence you in all your glory today, oh Lord God, for your care, your concern, your leading, your guidance, your wisdom, your mercy, your compassion your forgiveness, your blessings, your grace, Lord God. You are all these things to us. You are our future. You are our hope today, Lord God. And Lord, we will hope, we will trust in you today, O oh Lord. So Lord, I would ask that you would speak to us today on this first day of the new year. Lord, what better place to be than in your house, seeking your face, worshiping you, O oh Lord God, with our fellow brothers and sisters. Lord, we have come to welcome you into the house today, into our hearts, into our minds, into our souls, and into our spirits today. Lord, have your way today, O oh Lord God. Lord, we start, we begin, Lord, this new year with a welcoming in of you, O oh Lord God, that old things shall be passed away and everything shall become new, O oh Lord God, because you make it new. Lord, we yield ourselves to you. We are the clay, but you are the potter, Lord. Shape us and mold us into your image, into your creation. Not ours, but yours today. Change us today, O oh Lord God. Lord, I would ask, Lord, that you would allow me, Lord, to speak, to preach today, Lord, to teach with the power of, the, of your anointing. Lord, let it be upon every thought that I would have today, every word. Every line, every syllable, O oh Lord God, that is uttered by me today, Lord, let it be from your spirit today, O oh Lord God. Take control of this service today as we yield, we surrender to you. And we ask it all in the precious name of Jesus, our Lord and our Savior today. And everyone in the house said, Amen and Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, give him some praise one more time. <clears throat> Boy, it feels good to be back in this pulpit. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. 
Church, Brother Brian was talking about hope this morning. I love how the Spirit works. Guess what the Lord gave for me to preach on today? Hope. Do you see the definition of hope in the Scriptures? What it really means is this. It means a patient... Don't lose that. A patient expectation of what is to come. So as we begin to set all these New Year's resolutions, as we begin to think about the upcoming year, the possibilities, the things that can occur, the things that should not occur, where we want to be, where we're going, what we're actually talking about, what we're actually thinking about is the future. Is it not? But I want to tell you, church, there's many times, in fact, there's many of you probably here today because of losses in your life, because of trials, because of tribulations, simply because something has come against you. You feel something deep inside and you are in a place of hopelessness. But I want to tell you, church, today as I minister to you on the topic of hope, Jesus Christ is... Come on, let's get some southern lingo in that this morning. Not is is say it with me this morning he is the hope of glory brother brian talked about our president that we've had he had a message of hope but we saw how that worked out and i'll tell you why it worked out that way is because there is no hope without jesus christ there is no ruling and reigning without jesus christ And as the next president comes in there, he wants to say, we're going to make America great again. Church, it's never going to happen if we don't put God in His place on the throne of glory. Hallelujah. And say, I'd love to do that, but God's Word says I should not conduct myself in that way. I would love to agree with you, because within me I feel like that's probably right, but the Word of God saith that it's wrong. Within me, I know it's going to benefit Joey Mack in his future, in his bank account. But the Word of God says that we should not do that. Therefore, I agree with the Word of God. I acquiesce my spirit, my beliefs, my trust, hallelujah, in the Lord. And that is going to be the only way that we're going to come together in unity as a nation and America will be great again because God will be first and foremost. Well, we better take out that quarter and say, in God we trust. In God we trust, Sister Sharon. That's the only way that we're going to get to where we need to go, not just as a nation, but personally. And I want to tell you this this morning before I get into this about hope. A patient expectation of what is to come. We're going to see in the scriptures where these looks like these people, they have this strength that they're just running with. I'm going to show you some verses this morning. I don't just want to inundate you with scripture this morning and say this verse says this and this verse says that. But instead, I want us to look at the word of God and say, you know what? These are promises. That's how we need to start looking at the Lord. Church, we have got to start looking at God as a relationship. We have got to start looking at God as a relationship, not as His majesty sitting up on the throne with a baseball bat ready to beat me over the head whenever I make a mistake. We should reverence Him. We should worship Him. We should have all the respect 
and glory towards his name because he is all those things, but he is a relationship to us. He is approachable. Amen? You ever met somebody and you kind of like them and you talk to them, but you say, you know what, there's just something about them. Finally, you come to the point and say, you know what, they're just not real approachable. Like I'm on pins and needles when I'm trying to talk to them. I watch what I say, I watch what I do, I watch my movements. They're just not real approachable as I come unto them. But did you know this morning we serve a God that's approachable? In fact, He tells us, He promises us that we can walk into the throne of grace and ask of which we need in our time of need. Amen? God is approachable. He's approachable. If you would, turn with me in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 6 this morning as we talk about hope. Come on, who needs a message of hope today? I want to talk to you about hope when you're in a place of hopelessness. Because what we have to say when we're in a place of darkness and a place of hopelessness, Brother Joy, that sounds great. That sounds really, really wonderful. I agree with you. I believe it. But I can't get to that place that you're talking about because I am in a place of hopelessness right now and I need hope, but I'm in a place of hopelessness. Church, what you really need, you need the strength to continue past that trial, that tribulation, that place of darkness, that place of being in a hopelessness. You need strength to hold on to your hope because hope is a patient expectation of what is to come. Come on, y'all still with me? Come on, I'm trying to put on my teaching hat today. I don't know how successful I'll be, amen? This is what the Lord gave me. In Hebrews chapter 6, verse 13, it's believed probably, and I would agree with this myself, that probably the Apostle Paul wrote the book of Hebrews because of his knowledge of the Jewish people. I would agree with this. It's not set in stone, but I would definitely agree with this, that the Apostle Paul wrote this letter. In Hebrews 6, and verse 13, it says this, For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. So we see the Lord here making a promise to Abraham. We know he made several promises to him, but he said, Your descendants shall be like the sands of the sea. And everywhere you set your foot, I'm going to already give it to you by faith. Amen. You shall have all these descendants. You shall not be called Abram, but you shall be called Abraham. Hallelujah. And he could swear by no greater name than himself, so he swore by himself. (laughs) I swear in my name this promise unto you, saying, Surely blessings I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. So we see right here Abraham receiving the promise because he had patiently endured where God was trying to take him. He had hope. In verse 16, For men verily swear by the greater an oath of confirmation is to them an end of all strife, wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, thank the Lord for that, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge and laid hold upon the hope that is set before us. Church, have you laid on to the hope of glory? 
which is Jesus Christ. Church, I'm not talking about knowing his name. I'm not talking about sitting in church and seeing someone else who's running and walking strong with the Lord. I'm not seeing you feel the presence come up on you once in a while and then flee from you. But have you really laid hold unto Jesus Christ and says, no matter what comes against me, no matter what was behind me, and no matter what is before me, I shall not let go of Jesus Christ. He's laid hold to me, but now I will lay hold to him no matter. Hallelujah. You laid hold to him. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. So the Apostle Paul here talks about hope being like an anchor. Now, I used to do pipeline work where we worked inshore, offshore pipeline when I first began to do safety work. And I had the pleasure of being down in Tampa Bay when a storm was coming in. And I wasn't even saved at that moment, but the Lord allowed me to recall this situation. And a storm was coming in, and they would literally take those boats far out into the bay, almost all the way out into the gulf. They would take them far out into the bay, and then they would drop those anchors down. The anchors would go down far. The anchors would go down deep. And when the anchors had caught on something, they had caught on something down there, some rocks or whatever it would have been, they had caught on something both sure and steadfast. The anchors went way down into the darkness to where the human eye could not see where the anchors went, but knew that the anchors went down far and deep. And there was a trust in those anchors that they would hold sure and steadfast. And as the storm would come in, the winds would blow the boats completely back around of the direction that the wind was traveling. But you could see those anchors and you could see them coming out from the front of the ship and you could see them anchored down deep. And no matter how big the waves got, no matter how big the storms rent, no matter what was going on, you could look upon that storm and you could see that those vessels were not moving because they were anchored to something far deeper than themselves. Have we done the same with Jesus Christ? The Apostle Paul here is able to speak about hope as if he is a person that's full of strength. You see, in order to get through the place in the storm where we have hopelessness to, get, to maintain our hope, we need strength to do that. Turn with me in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 40. Come on, we're going to do some Bible study this morning. Everybody brought their Bibles? All right, two of you did. If not, look on the screen. <laughs> y'all knew I was going to hit y'all with that one, didn't you? What if the screen broke this morning? Well, I just listen to you, Brother Joy. Okay. Listen to me then. Isaiah chapter 40. You got your phone in your pocket. Turn it off if you're using it for a Bible, please. Isaiah chapter 40 says this in verse 25. Listen to the greatness and the glory of God. Isaiah 40 and 25. To whom then will you liken me, or shall I be equal, saith the Holy One? Come on, Sister Sharon's talking about trust this morning. God's saying, who are you going to liken me to? Am I your source of provision? Am I your conqueror? 
Am I your lover? Am I your fighter? Am I your best friend? Am I all those things? Who are you going to liken me to? Are you going to liken me to anybody? Sayeth the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and behold who has created these things that bringeth out their host by number. He calleth them all by name by the greatness of his might that he is strong in power and not one falleth. I could preach on that right there. Come on, that's the God we serve. That's your protector. That's your fighter. That's your counselor. Hallelujah. This morning, that is the one in whom you have run because you have put your trust in him. Why saith you, O Jacob? You know who Jacob is? It's Israel, amen? And speakest, O Israel, my way is hid from the lodge and my judgment is passed over from my God. Have you not known? Have you not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he fainteth not, neither is he weary? There is no searching of his understanding. Are you tired? Because he's not, hallelujah. Are you searching? Because he's not, hallelujah. He is, hallelujah, all these things unto us. He giveth power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increaseth their strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. You ever watched a child run around? My, all, my entire family, our daughter, is the youngest of the, all the grandchildren. And she just runs, well, y'all see her. She just runs here, and she runs there, and she runs here, and she flips here. She flips there. My wife and her got these little uh, Fitbits. You know, these little things you put on your wrist and it, it tells you how many steps you've taken, which I'd probably get about 1,000 a, a in a sermon or 2,000. But you put it on your wrist and it, and it tells you throughout the day if you're like setting too long or, or your, uh, how many steps you've got and how many calories you've burned. Some of y'all laugh at me like, well, man, that's a complete waste of money for me. I got gray hair. But my wife had like 5,000 steps. My daughter had like 10,000, literally. She's jumping around. Yeah, it's fun, mama. You know, it's like 8 o'clock at night. But the word tells us, even the use. That's what we like to say about our children, don't we? Well, I wish I had that energy. That's what they were all saying about us. We eating, eating uh, all that chocolate and stuff for Christmas. Just getting bigger. What, that's what we was doing. Said, man, I wish I had some of that energy right there. Look at it. But the word tells us, even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. It don't matter how endued they are with energy at that moment, it is going to fail. Church, your fight to do it on your own is going to fail. You can only tread water so long if you are trying to use your own strength, your own unction to get through that place and position to hold on to your hope. You are not going to be able to hold on to your hope in that place of darkness if you're using your own strength to do so. Y'all hear me today? Verse 31 says this, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles, and they shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. So we see the Apostle Paul here in Hebrews talking about, I have this hope like an anchor going down deep and fast and steadfast down to this place. 
And the reason I can hold on to this hope is because I have strength. God has endued me with strength to continue on to get to this place of hopelessness into my place once again of hope. How do we continue to maintain that and hold on to that? Church, I'm going to give you six ways, I think, that the Lord showed me of how we would hold on, hallelujah, to that strength in a place of hopelessness to maintain our hope. Y'all ready this morning? (laughs) I'm about to start running up down the miles, man. I told you I was going to try and teach. I keep getting off in the preacher, man. Turn with me in your Bibles to Revelations 21. First thing we need to know and understand about maintaining hope in a place of hopelessness. Y'all don't miss this one. Where you're at now is not going to last forever. If you're in a place of darkness, darkness, if you have within your very spirit and you feel it and say, I hear it, Brother Joey, I know it. I know it's truth. I haven't always been here, but I just can't pick myself up because I feel like I'm in a place of hopelessness in order to get my hope back once more. I want to tell you this morning, you are not going to be in that place of depression, that place of darkness, that place of hopelessness. It is not going to last forever. Church, we got to understand that. To everything, there is a season. Come on, we talked about 2016 being so hard. I know it was hard for you. We lost some people. Amen? We lost some people. But to everything, there is a season. I know some of you lost your homes, you lost your possessions, you lost a lot of your memories. I know it's been hard. But it is not going to last forever. This is what the Lord promises us. As we read these verses with these different six topics, I want you to not look at them as, oh, that's just another verse that proves or disproves what the preacher is saying to me today. But instead, this is a promise from God to me. Amen? A promise from the Lord to you. Look at what it says in Revelation 21, starting off at, Let's start off at verse 1. Revelation 21 and verse 1. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. (laughs) Come on, if we wasn't trying to impress all our friends and have a bigger and a more expensive wedding... Than our, than our buddies. Instead, if we would just look at how happy the bride usually is on her wedding day when she's not trying to impress everybody. Come on, who am I talking to today? Who's got daughters in the house? I cringe to think what my daughters would Never mind. <laughs> how happy is a bride on her wedding day? How happy is she? It says that the new Jerusalem's coming down like a bride that's adorned for her husband, my Lord. I love that. I love that illustration. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. 
and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Isn't that what we've always wanted? My Lord, I love that. But look at verse 4. This is the verse I wanted to get to. Now, I know this is talking about the new Jerusalem, but I want you to look at the promise of God in knowing and understanding that the place and position you're in right now, it's not going to last forever. And God, verse 4, shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Some of you have lost children. Some of you have a spouse that's sick. Some of you lost parents. Some of you have lost it all. But I want to tell you that God says there's coming a day, there's coming a time that you are not going to be here forever. And there's going to come a time and a moment when I'm going to wipe away all your tears, every bit of sorrow and worry and anxiety that you have is going to be gone. And I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be your God and you're going to be my people. And it's going to be that way for an eternity. Come on, give him some praise on that. Mm. Church, They've had people that have committed suicide. You know why they did? They thought it was going to stay that way forever. Church, it's not. Hear me with that today. It's not going to stay that way forever. Wherever you're at, you are not going to be there forever. Hallelujah, God, one day. He's going to pluck us out of that. And he is going to rectify your situation. Second thing I want to tell you this morning about holding on to hope. Turn with me over to Psalms 43. When I told you I'd do some Bible flipping this morning. Psalms 43. The second thing I want you to know about holding on to your hope and having that strength in a place of hopelessness to get through it and have your hope is this, and this is probably the hardest for us to know and to understand and to actually do, is that when you're in this place of hopelessness, you have to continue to praise God. Now, I don't know what you felt this morning, but when I stepped into the house this morning, it wasn't just because I was getting a chance to minister, which I hadn't got to do in a couple of weeks. It wasn't that. I'm excited about that. But it was because... I stepped into the house, and the minute I heard them worshiping and praising God, I felt the presence of God all over me. Because I come into the house of God with a heart, with an expectation. Oh, I get to worship. How many times have you felt deep and down in the dumps, and you just begin to start praising God? God is great. God is wonderful. He sits on the throne of glory. Hallelujah. I will glory in these trials and tribulations, as James says, because it's starting to work patience in me. I needed something else I needed to learn. I didn't need the money that seemed like it went away anyway. It's all God's money. It don't matter. I praise Him. I glorify Him, oh Lord God. Teach me, Lord. Shape me, Lord. Mold me. Lord, I glory in You. And when we begin to do that, you feel the presence of God come in. Come on, the Word of God tells us that He shall 
shall inhabit the praises of his people. Hallelujah. But it's the hardest for us to do. Man, I can't even hardly drag myself up to get a shower and shave and go to church because I feel this way, much less praise God. Church, no matter where we're at, hallelujah, we need to continue to praise God, hallelujah. And I can promise you, I can assure you, as he tells us in his promises, that when you praise him, hallelujah, he will come in like a flood because he ever seeks a people to praise him, hallelujah. That's what he desires. You know what God wants from you? He don't need nothing from you. You know what he wants? He wants you to worship him. That's why he created us. He created us for that relationship. He created us to worship him. And when you do that, church, I'm telling you, he's going to bless you exponentially. We got some of us, the only time we worship is not even every seven days. Sometimes it's like every three weeks. Well, I hit some of y'all right there, didn't I? Come on, we come into the house of God. I really don't feel like praising today. I don't like that song Brother Brian's playing. I wish they'd do this. I don't like that. Come on, you ain't here for none of that. We're here to worship the Lord God Almighty. It don't matter who's up here. Thank you all, two of you. I just got back from Mexico. Well, I saw some wonderful things, and we're going to go through that next Sunday. You know one of the most precious things I saw? The children worshiping. I'm not talking about Deshay's age. I'm talking about two-year-old children. We went in this home church. I'll, I'll cover all the details of it. They were persecuted. They couldn't leave their house and do church, or they would be killed in their village they were in. We could go to them and have church in their house, but they couldn't go out into the streets in their village and tell people to come in, and we couldn't go out there and preach. They would have killed us. The guy who established the church was from another community. They told him, you come back into this town, we will kill you. But let me tell you what I saw in the house. Little children that were starving. They didn't have enough food for the winter. I'll get to that later. Two-year-old children. Not just doing what daddy does, but entering in and worshiping. What a testimony. Church, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. They didn't have enough corn for the winter, which they do now. I'll get to that later. They got enough corn this year. It didn't matter. They just entered in and worshipped God in the midst of everything because they knew they had to trust in Him to maintain their hope. Hallelujah. It tells us this in Psalms 43. Judge me, O God, verse 1, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. O deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man. For you are the God of my strength. Why do you cast me off? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Oh, send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me and let them bring me unto the holy hill into your tabernacles. 
Don't miss this now. Then will I go unto the altar of God, unto God my exceeding joy. Yea, upon the harp will I praise you, O my God. So we see the man's in trouble. Obviously, his enemies are coming against him. There's darkness where there should be light. But he says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm instead going to go to the altar of God despite all these things. And I'm going to praise you, O God. I'm going to praise you, not my circumstances, but I'm going to praise you, O God. And when I go to praise you, I'm going to say, why are you cast down, O my soul? You see, he knows that he should be praising God, but instead his soul is cast down. He's going to go to the altar of God and he's going to begin to praise God and he's going to speak within himself and say, Joey Mack, why are you so cast down? You should not be in this place and position. And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. My Lord, I'm going to go and I'm going to praise Him. You see, my countenance is always downtrodden. I don't have a smile on my face. Yeah, how you doing? It's Sunday morning. Praise the Lord. Glad to be here. Happy New Year. I can't wait till 12 o'clock comes. I'm going to get me some uh, black-eyed peas and cabbage. That's my hope. Ain't nothing wrong with that, by the way. Just don't put that hope before... Your hope in the Lord. Whew. Nothing wrong with liking and loving things. Just don't like and love them more than God. Nothing wrong with having activities. Just don't put them before God in your relationship with God. Amen? He says, I'll go into the house of the Lord and I'll begin to praise Him because I know my demeanor, my attitude is wrong. Boy, that's hard for us to say. I'm not wrong. They're wrong. I don't like what that preacher said to me this morning. I didn't like that song Brother Brian sung. They're wrong. I don't like them old songs. I like the new ones. I want to go there. I'm going to start off the new year with that one. I'll say this about song. You agree with me or not agree with me. That's all I'm going to say. You're always going to like the songs you grew up with. I'm not saying you can't start liking another style of music. But chances are, whatever you grew up listening to, the style of music, you are going to like it better. That doesn't mean newer types of music is not anointed. Did I say that with a little venom on me as I said that, a little sarcasticness? I mean it, though. I like songs. Hey, I don't, I, very seldom do I listen to secular music. When I do listen to secular music, every once in a while, you know what I like to listen to? Country gold. Country gold to me is like 1980s. To you, it's like Merle Haggard and stuff, right? I like some of that too. I like country gold. You know why I like that? Because some of my earliest memories before I went off to kindergarten. You know what I remember? I remember my mom had one of these record players. It was like this big. Y'all would laugh at this because y'all had one. And it was all wood. It was all fancied up. But it played these little bitty 45 records right in the middle of it. You needed all that wood to play it. Come on, who had one? It had this little plastic thing, and it would, it would take the records off, and it would put a new one on. Y'all remember it? You know what my mom would listen to? 
you listen to country music. So when I do want to listen to music like that, I'll li I like that old country. I don't like the new country music. I hate it. I don't even know what they're saying. They're like rapping and stuff. I hate that. Now, just because I don't like that style of music, does that mean that something couldn't be anointed? No. Y'all with me today? Come on, I ain't going to get on a soapbox with this. Some of, some, some of us need to hear this today. The Lord told me to say this, obviously. It had nothing to do with the sermon, did it? You're going to like the style of music you heard. When you first got saved, those of you who got saved in 1960-something, you're going to like all those songs. Because that's what you grew up listening to. It, music takes you back, does it not? Come on, we don't need to sit here and say, well, it was better back then. I'm telling you, it was better back then. No, it wasn't. It's just different. You probably had more people in church because they didn't have 150 channels they was watching every night. I know. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, give him some praise on that if you didn't want to hear it. The new music can be anointed, whether you like the style or not. Some of it I don't like, I'll be honest with you. Third thing we have to know and understand. We have to give all of our burdens unto the Lord. Well, it's hard to do, and it says, Jared, is that not what you were saying? First Peter chapter 5 and verse 7 says this. It says, cast all of your cares upon him, because he careth for you. Well, I, I love that. Isn't that good? I love that terminology. Cast all your cares on him. You know what that means? That means you got all this stuff, and you're like, I just can't juggle it anymore. I can't hold on to it. Just take it. I can't hold on to it anymore. It's too hair. It's too heavy. It's too hard. It's too hot. Just, just take it. I just cast all my cares upon him because he cares for you. Hallelujah, that's good. It also tells us this. In Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28, I quote this all the time. It says, Come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. You tired of working? You tired of struggling to get through that place of hopelessness to hold on to your hope? Give him all your burdens. This is so hard for us to do. Give all of your burdens unto the Lord. What mother, when that child is up in their arms and is crying and saying, it hurts, I'm sick, and you feeding them those spoonfuls of Tylenol and their temperature skyrocketing up to 102 degrees and higher, and you're worried to death that they're going to pass away and you don't know what to do and you're putting wet rags on their head and you're doing this and you're doing that what parent would not give anything to take all that away from that child at that very moment what parent wouldn't do that that's what the child's doing mama help me daddy help me take it away it hurts that's what the Lord wants us to do cast all of our cares upon him Come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden. You're working. You're weighted down. You can't take another step. You can't carry any more. You can't continue forward. Come unto me, and I will give 
you rest. Hallelujah. My Lord. You know, before we can rest, we've got to have peace, do we not? Did y'all know that today? That's another blessing of the Lord. Well, just, okay, you don't believe me? Then go out and lay down in the middle of the Highway 63 out here and take a nap. Well, I'm tired. I'm sleepy. I need to go take a nap. Go ahead. You'll get run over in about two minutes out there. Drive 150 miles an hour down the road. You know why you're not going to be able to go to sleep out in that road? Because you don't have no peace. You know another word for peace? Safety and security. In order for us to truly rest, we have to first have and know and understand that we are safe and we are secure. Then we can rest. Did y'all know that today? Mm. Praise the Lord on that. Hallelujah. Give all of your cares and your concerns unto the Lord. Give Him all of your burdens. The clock's broken in the back, so I have no idea what time it is. Fourth thing. This is hard for us also to understand. Turn me in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Come on, I'll hurry this morning. Y'all know we don't have church tonight. Second <laughs> Corinthians chapter 12. Now this makes no sense to us with human logic is that whenever I'm weak, then I'm strong. Did you know that? Because whenever you're weak, God is strong. This goes, it flies in the face of everything we know, everything we understand about ourselves and about our provision. The more I have, the more power, the more strength, the bigger bank account, the more this, the more that, the more safe and secure I am. But church, I want to tell you, there is no true safety and there is no true security without our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is our provision. He is our salvation, and in Him will we trust. So we have to know and understand something that flies against human logic. Whenever I'm weak, then God is strong. Church, did you know this morning, it doesn't matter what circumstance, what trial, what you're going through today, if God's not going to get the glory, He's not going to bring you through it. Got one amen from you this morning, it's true. He will get the glory. Come on, you might think you got 30,000 warriors, but He's going to say, no, I want you to strip it down to 10. Then I want you to strip it on down to about 600. No, you know what? I'm still not going to get the glory. Why don't we just go all the way down to about 300 people? And then after we do that, you're not even going to do nothing. You're just going to blow the horn of victory, and you're going to break that clay jar so that the light of the world can be released, and the victory is going to be yours by you doing nothing. Mm. Y'all get that later on. God is going to get the glory. The Apostle Paul would say this in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. So this is the Apostle Paul 
for the most part, who was given the entirety of the revelation for the new covenant. He wrote a third of the book of the New Testament. He says, So I wouldn't be exalted because I speak in tongues more than you all, because I operate in gifts more than you all, because I do all these things. I've been given all these revelations. I've been even taken up to the third heaven. So I don't get exalted in myself. God has given me a thorn in the flesh. Wow. That's not the God I was thinking about. And he's given me this thorn in the the flesh so I don't get exalted above measure. But for this thing, I besought the Lord three times, thrice, that it might depart from me. Lord, take it away. Take this thing away from me, O Lord God. Take it away, Lord. I can't handle it anymore. We don't know what it was. It may have been some physical ailment. It may have been been all those that was coming against Paul everywhere we go. Come on, he was beaten. He was bruised. He was left for dead. He had to be put in a basket and let down out of a building. Paul went through all these things. He would say, I bear the marks of the rod in my flesh. Hallelujah. For the gospel of Jesus Christ. But Lord, take this away from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. My Lord. You know the word perfect, what it means? It means lacking nothing. My grace, you don't deserve it. You can't earn it. You can't work for it. I freely give it unto you. It is my grace. My grace that I give unto you is perfect. Hallelujah. And most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, and necessities, and persecutions, and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. Is that not good? Well, Brother Joy, I don't, that don't make sense in human logic. It's not supposed to. Amen? <laughs> God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. If God's not going to get the glory, hallelujah. He's not going to do it like you think he will. Therefore, when we are weak, we glory in God because, come on, he's about to do something good. He's about to do something great. Hallelujah. Fifth thing I want you to know is this. Turn with me to Psalms 34. The fifth thing I want you to know is this. Is that we have to keep our eyes upon the Lord. Do you remember when Peter was in the boat? They all were in the boat and they seen Christ walking towards them. Look, they thought it was a ghost at first. But then Peter asked the question. They say, It's the Lord. He said, Lord, is it you? He says, Yes, it's me. Peter asked the question, Lord, can I come to you? What's the Lord tell him? Come on, Peter. Peter gets out of the boat and he begins to walk on the water. But then when he takes his eyes off of the Lord, he begins to look at how high the waves are. He begins to look at his surroundings and he doesn't drop down into the water immediately, but he slowly begins to sink down into the water. You see, whenever we keep our eyes upon the Lord, he will allow us to do supernatural things. I'm not talking about being Superman and flying. 
and all of a sudden you can do this and you can do that and you can do supernatural things. You know the supernatural thing He's going to allow you to do? Come to Him. Y'all hear that today? I got all these obstacles, I got all these roadblocks. But whenever I keep my eyes solely upon the Lord and not on my circumstances, God is going to do not the natural but the supernatural in my life. And the supernatural thing that He's going to do is clear that path and allow me, no matter what's going on or where I'm at, to come unto Him. Come on, that's good this morning. Hallelujah. Give Him some praise on that. Mm. Sister Wendy used this Psalms 34 the other day. I thought she was going to start preaching my sermon, but she didn't. Look at what he says right here in Psalms 34. I'm going to start off at verse 1. Talking about keeping our eyes upon the Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord, and the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt His name together. Look at verse 4. I sought the Lord, and He heard me, and He delivered me from all of my fears. I was looking for Him. I was trying to affix my eyes upon the Lord. I didn't know where He was. I couldn't see Him at that moment, but I sought Him. I was seeking, I was searching for the Lord. And when I laid my eyes upon the Lord, and I laid hold onto the Lord, He delivered me. Hallelujah. They looked unto Him, and they were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. The poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamped round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. You know the 23rd Psalm, the shepherd Psalm? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But he tells us in that psalm, he says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, because thou art with me. Well, the very next verse tells us this. It says, He prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. He anoints my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. I love that terminology. It's saying we're in a war, we're in a battle right now. But God didn't just hide some cakes and some provision over here in a little cruise of water that I can still fight with this hand and I can drink this and I can eat real quick and I can get my energy and keep fighting. Oh, no, no, no. That's not the God we serve. God says, I'm going to do this. Even though your enemies are encamped around you, even though they're everywhere and they're all around you, if you continue to keep your eyes upon me, I'm going to set up a table. I'm going to put a nice little, I'm going to put a nice 
little tablecloth on this table. I'm going to have some chairs for you to comfortably sit in. I'm going to have this dish, and I'm going to have that dish, and I'm going to have that dish. And even though the enemy wants to get to you, and they want to move around behind you, and they want to do all these things, the presence of God, hallelujah, protects me. And even though, hallelujah, we're in a war, we're in a fight, He prepares this table for me. I can sit down comfortably and with peace and trust, hallelujah, and know and partake of the provisions of the Lord God Almighty. Hallelujah. Mm. That's the God we serve, church. Oh, that's good. Hallelujah. Refreshes my spirit. Does it not yours? It refreshes me. These promises that God has given to me. Hallelujah. He's given them to you. Lastly, I want to tell you this. We have to continue in prayer to the Lord to maintain our hope. Most of us are in some type of relationship, whether you're married this morning or you got children, grandchildren, whatever may be the case. You want that relationship to falter? You want it to dissipate? Stop talking to one another. See what happens. You know what prayer is? We have this odd view of prayer. Oh, Lord, Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you. Lord, Lord, give me, give me, give me, give me. Lord, give me, give me, give me. Lord, give me, give me, give me. That's how most of us pray. Lord, you're the ATM machine. Lord, give me, give me, give me. Okay, Lord, thank you, Lord. I'll talk to you later. Don't call me, I'll call you. You know what prayer is? It's just communication. How close are you going to get to someone if you don't talk? If you don't spend time with them? You're not. Prayer is communication with God. Did you know that today? That's something we need to learn and understand. It's just, it's just communication. Well, Brother Joey, I can't pray. I don't know how to pray. Just talk to God. God ain't worried about what you say. He's worried about your heart. Going back to the little infant. They can't even talk yet, but how precious is it? When they're laying on your chest and they snug up to you trying to get warm and they hug you. You say, give me a kiss, and they give you a kiss. They can't even say words yet, but you know what? You know that they love you. Come on, who's got children, grandchildren in the house today? You're not worried about what the baby can say to you. You're worried about the baby's heart. That's what God wants from you. He wants to talk to you. In order to get from a place of hopelessness to maintain hope, we have got to continue to talk to God. It's the hardest thing probably sometimes for us to do is to continue to talk. We say things like, well, I would pray, but why bother? Come on, we've taken that attitude. I've taken it sometimes. We say, we feel it even though we don't say it. Why bother? We say that about reading our Bible too. Well, why Why bother? Joey will preach to me Sunday morning. I'll get whatever he thinks about it. God's given us two major ways to communicate with us. I'm not saying he can't speak. We see him speaking to people all through the Word. We don't see it very often. 
When he does, you better watch out. Come on, Abraham, Abraham. Samuel, Samuel. You better pay attention. Moses, Moses. God's about to do something great. He speaks an audible voice to you. But he's chosen to communicate with us through his word. I, I love this love letter. Remember when the last time somebody wrote you a love letter? Isn't it precious when they write you a little card, Merry Christmas, and we think this about you, and we love you, and we appreciate all this, and we love y'all, and etc. Come on, we got several of them for Christmas. Thank you, everybody who gave us one. It means a lot to us. That's what God's done with his word. I don't want to leave you without knowledge of me. I've wrote you this love letter. That's what it is. But we have to continue to pray to God. You know what Sister Sharon, she's saying, I got a word from God. You know how she got that word? Remember what she told us when she stood up? She said, I cried out to God. I prayed to God. It tells us this about prayer. Romans chapter 12, I'm going to close with this. Verse 9. Let love be without dissimulation, hypocrisy. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love, in honor preferring one another. Not slothful in your business. You know, whenever we work, we should do everything as unto the Lord. Fervent in spirit. Boy, I like that one. That means passionate. Serving the Lord. Rejoicing in... Oh. Patient in your tribulation. And continuing instant in your prayers. We got to continue to communicate with God. Church, when we do all these things in order to get through that place of hopelessness into a place of hope, when we know and understand that we're not going to be here forever, we continue to praise God through it all. We give all of our burdens unto the Lord. Whenever we realize that when we're weak, God is strong, when we keep our eyes upon Him and we continue to pray and seek His face, when we do those things, we're going to be just like the Apostle Paul was in Hebrews chapter 6. We're going to wait upon him, and we're going to be endued with that strength. Come on, we're going to be like those who mount up on wings as eagles. We're going to be just flying above all of our problems, all of our circumstances, all of our hardships, and even though we know it's there, we're able to say in our spirit, look at them all down there. They're just like little ants before me. Those problems I thought were so big, they're just really so small because where the Lord has taken me with this strength, I'm just flying above all those problems on the wings of eagles. Hallelujah. They're minor. They're nothing in the grand scheme of things with the Lord. And there's times when I need to run 
God's going to allow me to run, hallelujah. He's going to allow me to run to and fro. He's going to allow me to be places quickly. He's going to allow me to do things rapidly. He's going to allow me to run with all the fervency and all the passion and everything He's putting before me. He's going to give me the strength of the youth, only it's not going to pass away. It's going to keep going, hallelujah. They're going to be looking at me and saying, when's He ever going to stop? He's not going to stop because God is giving me strength to run, hallelujah. But for most of us, say, you know what? I've stopped moving. All I really want to do is start moving again. I just need to get up and put one foot in front of the other. And He's going to allow me to walk with him and not faint. And because of all this, I will have hope in the Lord. I will have a patient expectation of what is to come. Amen? Come on, give him some praise today. I asked Brother Brian and Sister Wendy and the worship team to come back. I know we're over. Sorry, the clock is broken in the back. <laughs> Y'all should have told me. It is broken. We don't have church tonight, by the way. Would you stand, please? As they began to play, church, can we just worship today? I think this word was for some of you today. In fact, I know it was. I know it was for me. Church, you may not even be in a place of hopelessness, but you may be one day. You may be soon. Let God's word quicken you. Let it refresh you today. Come on, these altars are open. If you want to just come worship, I'm going to be worshiping the Lord today. I'm just going to stand up here and worship. If you need prayer, I'd like to pray for you. As they begin to play, would you come this morning? Can we start off the new year just praising God today? Can we do that? Oh, would you come today?
I live. 